uh, when I was in college. Um, I was in business school there at NIU, and one of the classes that I had to take as part of the, uh, my finance degree was uh, uh, business law, business law, and it was, uh, and I'm more of a, a visual person, learner, and you know, there's these abstractions, uh, so I, I really don't like that, and so I, I didn't really study for it, didn't really pay attention to what was going on in that class, and and maybe a few times uh, didn't even go uh, to class. And like, well, you know, the grade, it's, it's, a, it's a all or nothing at the very end. There's a big exam. That was it. That was the grade for the whole semester. So I, you know, I hadn't done any work because uh, I didn't like it. And so I'll, I'll get through, you know, I'll skate, I'll skate through it. And so uh, it was the getting towards the end there, and I was waiting for the professor to give us like a, like a set of questions beforehand. It's like, here are, here, are the, here are the questions that are going to be on the test. Well, he never did. Never got it. It's like, what's this? This is a big exam, and I need those questions. Well, that's, you know, that's not how it works. You know, you're, you're not going to get the answers to the, to the exam before the exam. So, like, all right. So the night before, I said, oh, I better study. <laughs> so... I opened up this book and uh, blew the dust off it. And uh, it's like, this is like really hard. And these, this is, this is like big stuff. And I, and like, oh man. So I, the once and only time in my entire college career where I pulled an all-nighter, I was up all night studying for this exam and uh, trying to cram in as much as possible. And, uh, took the test and you know, I barely passed. It was the lowest grade I got my entire, because that was the whole grade, barely passed. And uh, I said, that's, uh, that's, not how, that's not how you should do things, Deutsch. Don't do that again, right? So, now, why, as I you know, read the scripture today, uh, that's what I thought of, because what is Jesus talking about? But uh, He's, the, there's questions that are coming to him. When is the end going to happen? When is the end going to take place? And Jesus is like, that's not, that's not the question. All right. what do you, I, I don't even know the, end, the answer to that question. He says it. The day, the hour, no one knows. The angels don't know. I don't know. Only, only the Father knows. So why are you asking me? It, it's, it's like waiting till the day before the exam and you're, asking, you're waiting for the questions to come to you. It's not how it works. So, you know, he gives this interesting stuff. He's talking about wars and earthquakes and, you know, great portents, you know, floods, disasters, wars. And, you know, Daniel also refers to it. He's, you know, he, he's, he's talking about... Uh, a time of unsurpassed distress. Nations, since nations began until that time, huh? And at that time, uh, what Jesus is referring to uh, at the time of his ministry, which is around 30 AD, let's just give it that date. And what Daniel's referring to is 
all these nations that had sort of subjugated, the you know, Babylonians, the Syrians, the Greeks, the Romans, had taken over uh, Jerusalem. They kind of ran the show. And, and they were oppressors. And the Jews were angry and they were subjugated. And they wanted out. And then Jesus gives this really, this beautiful time condition prophecy. It's about 30 AD. And he says, not a generation is going to pass away until all these things take place. Wars, insurrections, floods. Sun goes dark. A generation. Now a generation in scripture is 40 years. And so 30 plus 40 is 70. Well, in 70 AD, we know what happened, don't we? Israel was razed to the ground. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was torn, torn down and, and the people of Israel were put to the sword. The only people that survived that time were the Christians because Jesus had told them, flee. And they went off to Pella, to the mountains. The only people that survived the Roman siege of Jerusalem were the Christians. The million people that died there, none of them were Christians because they left. Jesus was saying, do not put your faith in the temple. Don't put it in those sacrifices of the temple. Don't put it in the Romans. Put it in me because I'm the new temple. I'm the new, I'm the new kingdom. So when he says a generation, he means a generation. 40 years from now, this is all going to be gone. And where will you be if you're not with me? So why would you go back to a temple that's going to be destroyed? Why would you go back to a sacrifice that can't take away sins when you've got me? And you're always going to have me. My words will not pass away. And at the time, there were earthquakes. It's Josephus, one of the uh, contemporaries of Jesus and the apostles at that time was a great historian. He wrote a lot. We have a lot of his, his writings. And he writes about the earthquakes and the floods and the, the, the eclipses that took place, all this weird stuff that was going on at the time. So Jesus is being totally literal. And we think, well, is that how it's going to be for us? When is the end going to come for us? And we look at the world today and we can, it's a, you know, people talk, oh, this, this must be, you know, so-and-so is the Antichrist. No, stop that. Why, why would we go there? When even Jesus says, I don't even know the day. And you think we're going to discern it by the signs of the times? No. These things will always take place. As they did at the time of Jesus, as they do now. Which highlights one thing. Brothers and sisters, we're worried about the second coming. Be worried about the first one for you and me. We're all going to die. Every, every single person here is not, we're not getting out alive. We're all going to die. And the one thing you and I have control over, which is not the day of our death, which is coming soon, in a, in a, in a historical perspective, within a generation, is in the midst of all the crazy stuff that goes on, what are you, you and I doing? See, that's, this is the point of what Jesus is trying to say. We're so worried, we, 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 we talk about the end times or the Antichrist or the crazy stuff that goes on. That's like me saying, where's my syllabus? Where's my set of questions so I can skate through this exam? 
Either we're trying to distract ourselves from the real question that should be on our hearts, or we're trying to control the outcome over which we have no control. Why? Because it's much easier to do that than to do your homework and to study, which means by your life to live in a way that acknowledges that we are going to be held to account for what we do in the body and that we all have to, in this world, merit while we're alive those things by which we, we will be judged because once we die, we can no longer merit and we'll have to depend on masses and prayers of others. Do your homework. What are we doing now to prepare for the day that we, we do know is coming and in short order? How do we live? How do we, how do we pray? How do we talk? What do we watch? Who are we with? Where do we go? What do we do to our bodies? What do we do to, do to others? Where's the mercy? Where's the charity? Where's the forgiveness? Huh? The Son of Man is coming on the clouds of heaven. And in a literal sense, that is true because Jesus took the place of the temple. And he, and he has given to us a church in which comes the Son of Man on the clouds every Sunday in this Mass, on this altar, into your body. So that you can have that life and then have the power to live the life that you're called to live as a Christian. Not putting your store in princes and powers and potentates in the world, but rather in, in Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross. It says in, in Hebrews today, why, why, why did they throw this reading about Hebrews? Every priest stands at his ministry offering frequently the sacrifices that can never take away sins. What is he talking about? Are you saying that this is ineffective? No, he's talking about the priest in the temple, the temple that was destroyed, the Levite priesthood that is no more. Because all they had was a punishment temple, a punishment priesthood, a punishment sacrifice, a punishment religion for all the sins of their whole lives. Priests offering, slaughtering animals by the millions, oceans of blood spilled, not a drop of which could carry away one sin, but only mark time until, as Paul says in Hebrews, there will be one who will come. As Daniel says, there will be one who will come. There is hope. Put your store, put your hope in the one who is coming, who by a drop of his blood can take away the sins of the whole world. And so when we say, well, are you saying that Jesus has to be crucified time and again on every altar, every day that Mass is said? No, it is the one sacrifice of Calvary by which uh, the king of the world offers his life for, for, his, for his subjects so that they can live with him forever. That That is this. The moment of Calvary is brought to this altar so that we can participate in the fruits of the cross, the victory of Jesus Christ. See, this is it. He's won. We, we, we worry about this and that and the other thing, when all the while, the one thing that should, should really matter to us is, is my faith in Jesus Christ worthy? Yes, because he is a worthy priest, a worthy son, a worthy sacrifice. And if we stay close to him, our king, this this moment, on this altar, in our bodies, and the life that we live according to that life in us, guess what? We win. No matter what happens in your life, you win. If you do your homework, if you study, if you stay on top of it, if you keep following him, you keep listening to him, the word that will last forever, no cramming, no last minute, 
That's what he's telling us. You do it now. Get your act together. Be a good Christian. Stop playing games with him and get serious. Isn't that why we're here? Uh, there you go. Do your homework.